Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning into another episode. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I'm joined by not one, but two guests on the podcast, Jack Borman and Leo Sun, who I work alongside at Canis Hoopus covering the links. Guys, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having us, man. Before... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, before we uh, before we dive into to things, I, I kind of want to just open it up to you guys to, as I do for, for every guest, just let people know where they can find you. Um, obviously, I, I mentioned they can find find all of our work at, at Canis Hoopus, and there's been a lot of great work already, um, and there will be more to more to come this year, obviously. But um, where can they find you on, on social media and in any other any other space that you guys have your work? Yeah, you can find me at Canis. Um... My, my Twitter is, is at J.R. Borman 13, J-R-B-O-R-M-A-N 13. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty active on there, too. Yeah, similarly, uh, you can find me at uh, Kenneth Hoopis. And uh, on Twitter is usually where you'll hear my musings. Um, you can find me at, at Yo Leo, but that's Y-0-L-E-O. I think I'm currently in a two-way fight for uh, the actual at Yo Leo Twitter handle. Uh, there's a guy who covers the Giants, but he's also been waiting for someone who's been squatting at Yo Leo. And so I think we're waiting to see who's going to get that. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, one of the many social media fights, right? <laughs> Not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll dive right into things. Um, for a little bit of a background for for the listeners, um, at Canis Hoopus, or well, leading up to the the regular season, um, myself and the rest of the guys here, um, as well as Benny Hughes, we did a, a roundtable um, to just kind of preview the season, come up with predictions, um, kind of bold predictions that we have, um, some awards who we you know preseason awards who we think is going to be the leading scorer, MVP. Um, all of that stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of go over that a little bit, and and maybe just kind of get get a little bit of uh, insight from from each each of the guys here, Jack and Leo, just to to just kind of talk about it a little bit more and and kind of where um, where we see this team this year. So um, you know, for for the first thing that that we we had talked about was the first thing was season outcome. Um, you know, and I I think that a lot of us, you know, record wise, we're all we're all around the same. I mean, it, it we have a little bit of a expanded schedule this year with with a 40 40 game season um but we're all around that you know 14 16 18 20 um win marks we're, we're around the same as what basically what the links finished last year um you know some of us have you know them reaching the playoffs i know i had them um you know kind of getting that that eighth spot um at i think at some point they might threaten the seventh spot um, you know, Leo has has them coming up short of the playoffs. Um, Jack has them reaching the playoffs, losing in the first round. Um, Benny has them, you know, barely missing the or um, at eighteen and twenty two, um, and I, I believe on the outside of of the postseason. Um, but what what do you guys what do you guys think that that this team will do? I I do think that it'll be a slow start to the year. Um, you know, obviously with with the younger roster and and them still all kind of meshing together, I think it'll be a a, a bumpy ride to start the year. Um, I think once you do get those rookies kind of acclimated, maybe once they figure out the rotations a little bit more, maybe move a couple pieces around. Um, I think that you know that will be beneficial, and this team will start to improve at that point. It's kind of similar to what we've seen the last two years with. You know they they haven't really done this on purpose, but they've started the year slow and then they've increased as they've they've gone along and and played better in the second half of the year. Do you? I I, I personally on my my end I think that that's what'll happen. That's why I think that they'll 
they'll kind of sneak into to that last spot. What what do you guys think that, you know, what what do you think that, that this team will look like um, in, you know, what will ultimately happen? Leo, I'll maybe start with you if you don't mind. I think I was one of the few that had him missing the playoffs, um, just my prediction. And um, I actually, you know, thought it could have been a little bit inverse. So what you said in terms of the start of the season, I think with the new faces, whether it's a rookies or, you know, Tiffany Mitchell getting an expanded role or a piece of color coming back, I felt like they could have like jumped on a couple of the teams early in the season, you know, in the, in the beginning, you don't know what to expect from teams and people don't know, like, all right, what are they running? We're not used to, a Cheryl Reeves team, you know, playing a five out offense like this or whatever that they could have stole a couple early, but I think, you know, as the season progressed and teams started to find their rhythm, you know, the, the talent starts to, to win out. And I, I would see that coming in and them ending a little bit worse, um, but either way, I mean, I think this season, you know, I think we all probably agree as well too, is less about the actual final standings, but more about the development throughout the season. Like who are the keepers that are really trying to uh, stay here for multiple years into that next era. And so, you know, for that, you know, it wouldn't be disappointing for me if they come up short of the playoffs, um, as long as they're doing it the right way. I think a lot of last season was, um, at least that beginning chunk was messed up with the whole, you know, Ingram McCautry thing, you know, coming in and kind of having that weird exit, you know, bringing Ozzy Sims in for it felt like a game and then and then she was out. And so I think there was just a lot of weird roster stuff going on last year that just made it felt like a distasteful season in general. And so this year, even we miss the playoffs, as long as there's some type of continuity, um, I'd be happy with that. I do think that that's that's a very good point that that just having, you know, the the same group of players is going to be big and not only for you know, just this season, but the de development of the team moving forward. I mean, I've, it's obviously a young roster. That's no secret. But um, I, I do think that that's, that's obviously a, a key aspect in having them all grow together and stay together and not have any more moving parts. I, I You can add to it, but not maybe not switch up like they, they have, you know, in years past or even last year. But um, Jack, how about you? What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm honestly kind of right down the middle. Uh, of those two lines of thought, I think that I think that it will be a little bit of a slower start, um, at least once we get you know, to the beginning part of June. And then if you look at the schedule, it really does get a lot easier. And a lot of the teams that they're facing um, have some some significant injury problems, whether it's the sky or the wings or the mercury, the lake or the, the sparks. Um you know, all those teams are, are battling significant injuries in their rotation. And, um, and, and that's not nothing to sneeze at. Like, I think obviously the links are a little bit behind the eight ball, just in terms of the talent they have on the team and the, how they have, you know, a little bit of a deficiency there compared to maybe some, some teams that are kind of comparable to them in the standings. But, um, so I, I think that'll help them a little bit and, and could it lead to them. I don't know if overachieving is the right word, but, um, you know, I, I think maybe maybe doing a little better than, than what people think. I, I think most I think Vegas had them at 16 and a half. Um, I think if they stay healthy, that it would be it'd be tough for them not to um, tough for them not to get to that 17 number. Just because I think Fee and Diamond are so talented and then you throw into the mix, you know, Rachel's bound to have a couple of her 23, 24 point games where she just kind of swings it. Um or where Hearn came back and just kind of take over a game from three. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm a little more positive on them just because I think that this style of play suits the roster that they have much better than, than what they did last year. 
Um, and, and, you know, just the way that, that Josh Shepard should be able to kind of help unlock everybody and, and kind of help them pieces mesh a little bit. Um, so I, I had him at 20 and 20. Um, and, but again, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, no injuries to, to teams like the sky, the wings, Mercury sparks. Um, and then two, like, um, you know, just, just who know, like that the schedule gets really easy in August too. So, you know, if they end up, um, so if they end up meshing pretty well and finding their groove, you know, who knows what, what they could throw together in August and, and make a little bit of a run. But, but like you said, Mitchell, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if that's the goal this year or not. So we'll, we'll end up, we'll end up seeing, I think, from the kind of the tier of teams that the links are in, you know, who really wants to get aggressive with, uh, with development, I guess is, is what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, that's very funny about the whole schedule thing as well too, Jack. I mean, there, there is so much, obviously, you know, all the narrative this season in the W is, you know, the two super teams. Right. And so there's X amount of teams that have lost top tier talent as well too. And I think that's something that um, I definitely probably didn't think about enough was that like, the, there's a lot more, I guess, for lack of better word, parity amongst the other 10 teams in the league. And so I definitely can see that impacting like their records. Like it, it could be a toss up, right. You know, so that's a great point. That's kind of where, where I, I was at with, you know, record aside with them, you know, kind of sneaking into that last spot is the, the layout of the league and in this will change if, and knock on wood, when we do get some expanded teams or expansion teams, maybe, you know, at least two, whatever it may be it's hard to not make the playoffs in the WNBA just because there's, there's only 12 teams. And in now people look at, you know, me saying they're, they're going to reach, you know, be maybe the eighth seed reach the seventh seed or be in kind of contention for that seventh seed. And they're going to view it as, wow, they're really going to improve. Maybe not necessarily there. I just think that that middle ground or that, that middle group that's anywhere from basically, I don't know, four or five to probably 10, is just so transparent and so even that we don't really know. And I, I think whoever can kind of hit a hot stretch and kind of figure it out maybe even at the end of the year, I think has a spot in the playoffs. And it's just it it's very and that maybe that is a downfall to the the top heavy teams is or having those top heavy teams is you have everybody else that's just kind of middle of the pack. Um but I don't know. I I think that they do have a chance. I I think that they're not gonna you know, just maybe, you know, deliberately, you know, tank or, or just kind of lose those games on purpose. I think that that's, that that's hard to do in any sport and players don't want to do that. Coaches don't want to do that. They're fighting for their jobs. They're trying to fight for, for their next opportunity, their next contract, whatever that may be. So that's, that's hard for them to do, but you know, I, I, I could see, I understand both sides of things if they, you know, if they maybe didn't want to, didn't want to go at it as hard, but, but I, I ultimately think that they're going to end up, you know, reaching that, that maybe eight seed, but it'll be interesting. I don't know. It, I, I think it'll be very similar to last year, um, but it's, there's obviously different moving parts and or different parts with this team. It's a different angle than what it was last year. So that's, that's a, that's a completely different thing. And I think the vibes will be a lot better this year. Like oh, even if they had the exact same record, like I think everybody's going to be happier um and you know too like I, I still think you call it a successful season if diamond miller is a lot better in game 30 than she is in game one um same thing with dorka 
you know, same thing with Taylor soul, if she's back, um, which I, I think she probably will be here in the next, um, month, um, you know, depending on, depending on who might end up leaving, but, um, yeah, I just think there's going to be other ways to measure how successful the season it is than, than wins and losses. And I think because of that, uh, I think it'll, it'll lead to, you know, a more cohesive group and, uh, and a happier, um, Cheryl Reeve. And I think last season really wore on everybody. Um, you know, even people covering the team. Um, so, so I think overall just having a, a group that is more fun and, and, a and a product that is more fun to watch, you know, regardless of what the scoreboard says will be, will be a lot of fun. I did want to mention too. Um, so Mitchell, you brought up that, that contain that, that dangerous T word tanking. Uh, you know, I, I, I always remember, you know, hearing about like, Oh, well, like the leaks are like the spurs of the WNBA, right? Like a well-run organization. And, you know, you think about who just won the lottery, you know, on the, on, on the NBA side, the MNBA side, um, you know, that was more of a tank job. I could, I mean, obviously, you know, we'd have to go super deep into it, but you know, there's a lot of talent, you know, in next year's draft and, you know, missing the playoffs, having, having a lottery spot, um, you know, might not be the worst thing either. And so, um, you know, if it comes down to the final two games or we're sitting at like ninth place, would I be surprised if, you know, coach Reed decides to, all right, well, you know, he's kind of nursing this, um, you know, we, we got to rest a couple players this side or the other. Um, you know, how many more coaches have more stability in their role than than Reed does, right? You know, I don't, I don't know how much of that would be like, a, oh, well, you're gonna be on the hot seat if you don't make it. It's like, all right, well, you know, she has that freedom. Yeah, no, I mean, there, she's got the most secure job I think of anybody in the league. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing too is, like, you look at Cheryl last night on the sidelines. That is not a coach who is like expecting her team to not play that well. Like she's still, she was still the same show Reed that we saw last year. Like she's stomping her feet. She's screaming at the ref. She's screaming at her players. She, I mean, she platoon swapped a minute and a half into the second quarter. Cause she was fed up with the bench. Like, you know, I think in the game, it's still going to be the same Cheryl Reeve, but I think, before games, after games, at practices, you'll just see a coach that I think is is more loose um, and isn't as kind of like her mood isn't quite determined as much by wins and losses as it, as it may have been in the past. So that'll that'll also be an interesting thing to see too, um, and and have to wonder if that you know leads to better or worse relationships with with players on and off the floor too. But yeah, it okay. is basically the first time it, it is basically too the the first time that that we've really had a had a links team that didn't have expectations like we we really don't you know nobody's expecting them to do anything this year even you could even say last year that you know they 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 admitted that they were going to try and push their chips in for sale they're trying to do you know they're trying to, to reach playoffs they're trying to make a deep playoff run see what they can do um one last year for sale um, you know, in years past, they tried to do that for for whatever player that that was left, whether it's, you know, you go back to the Lindsey Whalen, Rebecca Brunson, uh, you know, when when Maya Moore was was still here, that's a little different situation because she didn't, you know, say while she was playing that it was her last year. But, um, you know, it, it they they tried to, you know, piece those together, put a put a title run together. They had high expectations. They knew they were going to be in the playoffs. They just needed to make a deep playoff run. Um, this year it, it it's completely different, and I, 
I do think that Jack, to your point that, you know, that that'll help with, with the mood of the team and, and just kind of, they have a vision, they have a future for probably the first time in a while. Um, you know, it, and that's not a knock on, on the dynasty run, any team, any organization would do the exact same thing that Minnesota did. And they would love that, that, that situation to unfold. Um, but that, that was never, you know, as the later years came on, that wasn't sustainable that they knew that that was coming to an end, but now they have a vision for the future and trying to build something else. And, and every team goes through that. Um, you know, Leo, like you said, with, with San Antonio, with, with the Spurs, like they're, they're going through it right now. Um, and they're hoping that, you know, they, they can, you know, turn that page and they can, you know, continue to have sustainable, you know, success for the future, like they have in the years past, but everybody goes through that and Minnesota's going through that right now. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That, that's a good thing. And you, you have to have those foundation pieces and and that, that leads to success. So it, it'll be, it'll be a fun year, I think, just to see how the pieces grow. Uh, to see how the development yeah. development takes place and and how those how these rookies kind of you know come into their own. Right. Yeah. I have to you know belabor the point, but yeah, I do agree with both of you. You know, in the fact that last year was almost a little bit of kind of force, you know that that square peg into the round hole with like, all right, well, Sills last year, we got it, we got to win it. You know, I'm going to change out whatever pieces I need to do with the roster. We got to do whatever. And it's like that team just was not built. You know, I think we were almost consumed by it. And so I think this year, yeah, I totally agree is that, you know, there hopefully will be more flexibility, a little bit more of that, like, all right, well, let's see what we got. And like, let's do the best that we can. So. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on to to the rest of our um, our roundtable at Canis Hoopus, um, we we kind of I'll just kind of gloss over this a little bit. Um, we, another thing we talked about was the best offseason additions. Um, I been it was kind of a split two two with Tiffany Mitchell and, and Dorka Yuhas. I think those two, I think we all can agree, will will have impacts this year. And I think Dorka might might be a little bit um might take her just a little bit just to get her her feet wet in the WNBA, but I think she'll be she'll be a solid piece as well as Tiffany Mitchell, um, you know, in, in her first year with Minnesota. Um when it comes to to the biggest surprise players, um, you know, we t- we we mentioned I I had Tiffany Mitchell, um, you know, Leo had, had Jess Shepard, Jack had Dorky Uhas, Benny had, had Rachel Bannum. So a little bit of a mix there. Um, but I think the, the overwhelming, overwhelming theme is, is they're, they're all role players that, that, that will have the chance and will have the ability to step up. And I, I definitely think that, that all of those players will play key roles and they, they will have their opportunities, which is great. Um, we we also talked about leading scorer, uh, most valuable player, most valuable player. We we had a had a consensus of of fee. I, th- I think that um, you know we all can agree that that the important part of of the Minnesota Lynx is how Nafisa Collier does and how she does leading this team. Um, and I she is obviously the best player on on the team, and she everything that that the Lynx do is is surrounding her right now. So she she's not only the most valuable, you know player that they have but I think she'll be the most valuable player at the end of the year if that makes sense that um you know she she will be key to everything Minnesota does and hopefully she as we saw in the in the in the regular season opener she appears to be back you know she talked about being 2021 fee um and and it looks like that so that that's a that's a good thing um we'll we'll talk about this a little bit the the bold prediction part um to to end this piece at at canishoopas.com uh, bold prediction. Um, I, I had mentioned that um, Nafis Collier will be in the MVP discussion, um, not only for the team um, MVP, but but for the league wide MVP uh, award. I, I think that with you know her taking things over, she's gonna she's gonna take it and run. And and I think that 
she'll at least be in that conversation. Um, I, now I don't think she'll win it. You know, I, I think that if Elena Deladon's healthy, she's going to win it this year, or or Brittany Griner could could potentially, um, you know, win win the MVP this year. I think those are kind of I don't want to say dark horses, but those are those are two of my players that I'm watching just because they're not on quote unquote super teams like other players are. Um, and you know, I I I do think that that fee will be in that maybe that handful top five um, in the conversation um, if she does you know continue on the on the projection that we. We think that she'll be in, um, you know, Leo, you, Leo talked. I like this one. Uh, Leo uh, uh, thinks uh, Nina Milich will be the full-time starting center um, at, at some point this year or by the end of the year. Leo, you want to, you want to talk to that about that before we get into Jack's? Sure. Uh, so it's a bold prediction, right? So I tried to go a little hot, try to go a little hot. So um, is that necessarily what I'm expecting to happen, you know, by the end of next week? Like, no, but um, I, I really liked what we saw from Nina last year. And I think, you know, Coach Reeve really liked what she saw as well, too. Um, you know, coming as a non-traditional rookie, you know, coming in, I think there were games where Nina had a huge impact out there. And I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot during training camp about how, you know, one of the, the key strengths of the team is their flexibility. You know, they have players like, you know, she mentioned being even signing down to three, Tiffany Mitchell being able to play either guard spots, um, you know, even with Jess Shepard, like being able to rotate, like she has such a flexible skill set that, you know, you can run, you know, perhaps another big next to her. And so, you know, I think, Nina Milich, you know, having a full year, you know, under her belt with the team and then coming in now, I, I could totally see, you know, with more opportunity, more minutes that she could put up more. I mean, last year, you know, if you look it up on the per 100 possessions, you know, game by game stats, she was third on the team in scoring, fourth in rebounding. Uh, you know, she made an impact when she was out there. I think we saw we got a mixed bag yesterday, you know, against the Sky and Nina's performance. She had, I think, kind of a rough first stint, but I'm um, off the bench. But just like, you know, all the other players off the bench, she had a rough stint. But when she came in at the end, but they made that little run. I mean, the game was never really in question, but she did have a number of, you know, key plays down the stretch where it's like, all right, like, I should think she will continue to earn that trust. I don't feel like she's a player that, you know, will make a, a ton of mistakes all the time. She's not just some, you know, 22 or 23 year old, you know, rookie coming in, you know, she has a lot more experience coming in. So I think that could definitely help kind of guide that ship, especially in the, the front court. So yeah, that's my bold predictions. By the end of the season, she will be the full-time starting center. Okay. Okay. I like it. Jack, you talked about Jess Shepard. Um, you said Jess Shepard will lead, lead the team in assists and averages around five per game. I think that obviously health with Jess Shepard is is a key thing, but she's been, you know, she's been somebody that that has shown that ability to be that all around kind of do it all player. Um, what was what was your thought on on uh, or kind of reasoning behind uh, choosing that for your prediction? Yeah, I mean, and, and we saw it last night, right? You know, I think. You know, just, what just finished was seven, eight assists and, and just one turnover, I think. So um, the, the biggest thing with Jess is I think that she's got of any player out there on the on the entire team. It has the best understanding of spacing and has the best understanding of like how to pass people open and how to get things organized in the half court. Like you saw in the, um, you know, in the uh in the second and third quarters, the Lynx were just turning it over like their lives depended on it. And and then in the fourth quarter, you really saw um, really saw Jess kind of come up to the top of the key and start to, you know, come receive the ball and, and help out um, and help out Rachel um, and, and Tiffany Mitchell once they receive ball screens um, from from other players. And 
and, and Jess did a great job. I think she she had two assists right away to start the third quarter, um, had a couple more in, in the fourth quarter. And um, and as Diamond Miller really learns how to become a better cutter, it wasn't something she did a whole lot at Maryland. Um, I think you're going to only see the impact that Jess can have grow. Um, and and I think, too, like Cheryl talked about it a little bit last night, that, that Fee is kind of trying to find her way as a player that's now starting to have to create a lot of her offense from the perimeter rather than in the post. And, you know, I still think we could get situations where, where those two are on the floor together and, um, and Jess can get an entry pass into, into feed down low on the block too, where even if it's not an assist, it's still, you know, being the playmaker that creates a great opportunity for your teammate. And, um, and, and with Jess, I just think that it's going to take a little bit to get this point guard situation figured out. And while they're still struggling to figure it out, I still think you can bank on on Jess um, really thriving in in space and and running dribble handoffs and and passing to to cutters, whether it's um, whether it's Fee or Diamond or or a guard in Kmac or or even you know somebody like Dorka who has shown to be a, a pretty solid cutter in the in the first um, three times she's suited up for the Lynx. So um, that was kind of where it came from um, there. Just I think it's you know, almost as much of a, um, you know, of a, of it being a slow start for the point guards than it is, you know, her really, um, in my opinion, um, being the best fit for, for how this offense is going to work in the half court. Yeah. I, I hope she, you know, she's obviously can stay healthy. That goes for every player on the roster, but, um, you know, Jess Shepard, I, I think that that's been kind of a, her Achilles heel to this point. And, you know, she's been great when she's healthy. It's just, she needs to, you know, consistently stay healthy. And I'm, I'm hoping that this year is that year. Um, because I, I do think that, you know, she, to your point, she, she could have a solid year if, if and, that's and she's She stayed healthy and had a great year overseas in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's where she was in Italy. I think she was in Venice, um, which amazing place to go spend it, a WNBA off season. <laughs> if you ask me, um better than minnesota yeah, I think she, she was dealing with a little bit of an oblique injury that was that was pretty minor um and that was why she didn't play in the preseason um but that was more precautionary than anything else um you know she wasn't on the injury report she was still practicing there might have been one day she didn't practice um but but again i think of any non-fee player um her starting spot was the safest and and last night last night you saw why mm-hmm. I mean, you even look at you look look at her line from from the season opener. She had eight points, eight boards, seven assists, two steals in thirty two minutes. That's Jess Shepard. Like that. That's who. That's who you're getting. She's just an all around do it all kind of player. And that's that's why a lot of people really like Taylor Soul too. And because she just kind of does everything. I mean, they they both thrive on not being that that primary, you know, whether it's scorer or rebounder or, you know, whatever it may be, they don't they don't focus on one area. They're they're doing everything. And and that's that that's where you 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 need those players. And those those players are the difference makers. And and I mean that's that's Jess Shepard. And that, you know, I I think that that's a very, very important part. And, I, and like, you know, you look at, you know, your prediction of um, you know, her leading the team in assists, nobody else had more than two on Friday's in Friday's game she had seven and so I mean and the and the best part about it was was and, and Leo just pointed this out too in the in the chat here in our zoom is like she only had one turnover um and you go look I think fee I think fee had five turnovers Rachel had four turnovers Tiffany had four turnovers I think even excuse me Kayla had three turnovers so um 
I mean, it, it's just as much the assist as it is taking care of the ball. Yeah. I think like, you don't, you don't ever want to use a single game plus minus, you know, as an NLB all, but I think that could really sum up just kind of what Jess meant. Even in that first game, she played a team high 32 minutes and she was the only player with a positive plus minus, you know? And, and I think that just goes to say that, you know, when she's out there, um, there's an impact to be made. And so, you know, I'm a you know humble brag here is that she, you know she was a player that was my going to be my most surprising player, but you know I think for some of us who've been obviously covering the team, you know we know that she's capable of doing this. Yeah, it's just like she's not the first player that people are going to talk about. It's going to be Fee, it's going to be Diamond Miller, Kayla, you know, because you know those are they're, and they're all great players, which is fun or Dorka even. Um, but she's just like a blue collar, get it out the mud, you know do all the dirty work and, and be a player that your teammates love playing with. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a great thing that, that the links have her. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I think a lot of people around the league probably thought that that extension was a, a great payday for, for Jess Shepard, um, you know, maybe more than, than she deserved, but I think she, this season, she, like, if she plays like she did last night, like she, that's going to be, ends up being a great deal for, for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that, that her and fee are, are, you know, are two and diamond two are two players that they've got under contract now for a while. Cause those three are going to be a lot of fun to watch together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let, let's, we kind of mentioned a little bit, let's, let's maybe dive into the, the regular season opener on, on Friday night, uh, Minnesota hosted Chicago lost 77, 66 at target center. Um, had a little bit of a rough, rough second quarter. Well, they didn't have a little bit of a rough second, second quarter. They did have a rough second quarter. And uh, they ended up falling behind, couldn't catch up. Um, Jack, I know you you were obviously at the game, and, and you you kind of recapped it for Canis Hoopus. But if you want to maybe just start by just kind of diving into things and, and kind of giving us your thoughts on the game. Yeah, I, I thought that, that my biggest takeaway was just how great Jess was. Um, and, and two, like how easy everything came to fee in the first six, five, six minutes of the game. I think she outscored the sky eight, seven in the first half of the first quarter. So the first five minutes or so. Um, and, and her and Diamond just shot out of a cannon in the in transition, kind of like how we saw in that first preseason game. They were just really getting up and down after they got stops, which was really encouraging, which, which I think made the second quarter just as befuddling as it, as it looked as we were watching it, because the first quarter looked really solid and it it was all the thing. And and you saw all the things that you wanted to be able to see from, from this group, um, which was playing with pace, um, fee get getting, you know, to her spots offensively and scoring and, and diamond um, really making an impact defensively. I I, I thought it was really cool that, that Cheryl started her on, on, you know, Kalia Copper because, you know, hey, throw, Cheryl talked about it after the game that she wanted to to just throw her into the fire because she thinks the quickest way that, um, you know, the quickest way that the Diamond and Dorka are going to get better is by is by being thrown into the fire. And there are two people that are that are eager to get burnt if, if that's what it takes to learn. And um, and I, I thought. No, I, I thought Diamond did a did a really good job holding her own with with Ka in that first quarter. She had eight points, I think, and three assists. But um, but Diamond had some really nice kind of wallops and um, and blocked one of Ka's shots. I think Fee blocked two in the, in the first quarter alone, which is saying something just for for how electric she is off the dribble. But you know, my takeaway wasn't a ton about the second quarter, to be honest, because I think that was just like a snowball effect of you know everybody kind of got the bug. And they just kind of needed to get it out of their system a little bit. And I thought it was just more encouraging that, 
you know, that didn't spiral into losing by 25, that they, they really came back and figured some things out in the fourth quarter, running things through Jess at the top of the key. And, uh, and I thought their defensive activity was a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten a chance to go back and rewatch it yet. I probably will later today or tomorrow, but, um, you know, fee was really, really good off the ball defensively. Um, you saw Dorka fly around. Cheryl praised her agility on defense afterwards. And, and, and BC had some, some good moments too. made a couple threes, had some, some nice rotations defensively. Um, but yeah, I just think that the point guard position could be a little bit of a work in progress. You know, that's what we saw in the second quarter. Um, but I, I wouldn't blame Rachel and, and Tiff quite as much as some other people would, just because I don't think anybody, you know, tried to run to the ball to go get the ball and receive passes when they were hedging hard and, and trapping and blitzing out of the, out of the pick and roll. So, um, you know, pick and roll is not going to be a huge part of this team's offense anyways. Um, so I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it. I'd, I'd rather focus on, you know, the fact that they came back from it and, and figured some things out to, to work against, um, you know, a, a defensive coverage and, and that, that really aggressive trapping blitzing coverage that they're going to see all year. So to be able to find some answers for that, I thought was, was encouraging um, because sometimes that takes teams three and four, you know, times where you have a quarter like that to, to figure it out. So it was nice that they, they only needed one of those to, to be able to figure out a solution for it. Yeah. They, you know, I, I, one of the, the biggest things that, you know, I was curious to see in, in the, in, we did see this in the, in the, in Friday's game was, what, you know, if there was a sense of direction with the team, you know, as, as far as like, you know, like you said, someone kind of taking things over, whether it be at the point guard position or just in general. And it seemed like they're they're still learning, like they're still trying to figure this out. And, and that kind of seemed a little evident, not only with youth, but just where people are fitting rotations. Um, and, and that's not uncommon at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's the first game of the year. I, I mean, for a team that that had a, a, a little bit of turnover or a decent amount of turnover on, on as far as key contributors on in the rotation like that, you know, that's going to happen that, you know, it'll be a, a, a learning progress. And you know, we even saw that like with New York, with the Liberty in, in their loss to, to the Washington mystics, they got, you know, I got beat by, I think it was like a dozen or 15, like it, it takes time. And, and when you have new players, it'll take time. And then that's what Minnesota's Minnesota's dealing with. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you can tell that Tiffany Mitchell still, you know, she mentioned it during training camp or during the preseason that when it came to the point guard position, she, her and Cheryl talked, you know, when Tiffany Mitchell signed in Minnesota, that she was potentially going to slowly get that role throughout the year. And that could still be the case. But during the preseason, that's why she was so kind of caught off guard with being thrown you know, at the point guard right away is because she didn't expect that. That's not, that's not a conversation that they had, but it'd be interesting to see if that indeed happens now at the start of the year, if, you know, if Cheryl's like, okay, this is y- your spot, take it and run. Um, but it, they're still trying to figure it out in two weeks and two and a half weeks or whatever it was for training campus. It's definitely not long enough to to figure all that out. So they're still learning on the fly, but um, Leo, I know one thing Jack, Jack wrote about was, you know, fee being back. What, what did you, we kind of talked about this a little bit ago. Um, what, what were your thoughts on, on fee and, and kind of, you know, what we saw and maybe how good it was to see her, you know, like I said, 2021 feedback. Uh, it was great, obviously, to see her out there being the captain of the team, you know, led the team in, in field goal attempts um, was, you know, by all means, the best defensive player out there um, on the Minnesota side of the corner on defense. I think, we got to see like 
if anything, he got to see like, all right, I'm going to have to play a lot. <laughs> I'm going to play a lot this year. And not that she's not ready for it, but again, you know, I, I don't, I know she says she's 100% healthy, but I mean, you can't really be 100% healthy until you know, you're really in the swing of things, you know, in the middle of the, the, the season. I mean, you saw in the fourth quarter, it felt like, you know, the Lynx were kind of doing that, you know, they're getting closer, getting to close to single digits, but then just couldn't slice it down. And I think it was around like that, you know, two to three minute mark-ish, I think it was, um, if I remember correctly, maybe it was three to four minute mark, uh, Fee came out of the game and you could see she was, she was mouth breathing out of her mouth. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot. You know, she was running around trying to cover a lot of ground on both ends of the court. And so I think yeah, that'll, that'll come with, that'll get better with time. And I think, you know, most nights she'll probably leave the team in minutes played. Uh, but I think, you know, as she gets her, her legs under her a little bit more, I think that'll be great. I mean, I think defensively, I mean, that's definitely something I wanted to touch on was that, you know, we saw a lot of great activity out there and I, I'm not trying to take too much just from one game, but from what we did see the activity and the effort was there. But I think, you know, we're finally seeing what life is like post Sylvia Fowles. Um, they were getting a lot of what they wanted at the rim. Um, I mean, look at Elizabeth Williams, who's, you know, not a bad player by any means, but, you know, she was she was finished 7-9 from the field, 14 points, um, dominated, you know, I feel like both ends of the court when she was out there on defense, she was, she was blocking everything out there, it felt like, or deterring everything. And then even on offense, you know, there wasn't really much other than, you know, putting everything she could to try and defend, uh, you know, her. I think the Lynx are going to have to play bigger fives, you know, later on, or even, you know, tougher front courts. I could see that being the issue. Um, you know, you're proud of the perimeter offense. I mean, they held they held the sky to 43% shooting, but 37 from, uh, you know, perimeter. And I think, you know, Elena Smith shooting, you know, three of three. I mean, that's not something they expect. I think she's like a 20% career, like three-point shooter. So there's little coverages like that rotations. I do think that they need to improve on. And um, and just my general thoughts on the game as well, too, is that I think on offense, you know, we, we did see, you know, a lot of that. I liken it to when I play two, I mean, 2K sometimes. Like when I'm trying to run plays, like set plays, I'm like, all right, the computer's telling me I need to pass it in straight to the post, you know, off this screen or off this cut. And I just press a button to pass without looking like, oh, wait, there's a defender right in front of me that's just going to, like, deflect the ball immediately, where it's like, okay, I should probably run the second read, which is pass it to the other side. And, yeah, I think that's what we need to see with the offense a little bit more is a little bit more um, uh, east to west movement with the ball instead of just north and south trying to, like, force the ball in there where it's like, all right, well, there's, you know, someone on the weak side that's rotating over, like, swinging to the other side, you know. So I think – Again, there's clearly things I think Kayla McBride said in the post game about how, you know, we know what we did wrong and, and that's the good thing. Right. And so I definitely think they're fixable mistakes. And so um, overall, again, yeah, not too discouraged um, with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely it was definitely a game. Yeah. And I'm not concerned about it either, because they showed in the preseason that that moving the ball hasn't been a problem for them. Like, you know, they've been super unselfish, super willing to pass. I think whatever they decide to do, they just need to. I think they just need to make quick decisions, right? You know, I, I don't think you can do the D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, just hold the ball for the first 10 seconds of the shot clock, waiting for something to get set up. Um, and they, they just got to go quick. And that that's going to be the biggest thing with, with this team. And, um, and and you mentioned it, Leo, too. Like, the, the backside rotations were pretty brutal in the second half. Like, that was the only bad thing about the, the defense, I thought. Um you know, that uh, really like the corner rotations um, in that, you know, they gave up a lot of corner threes and it was just because, um, you know, they were either playing too far up the line off the ball or, um, you know, somebody got beat off the dribble. So they had, uh, um, the, you know, the backs that had to rotate over and they just, you know, didn't get their help, the helpers on the backside. Um, and that's just type of stuff that you have to iron out. Right. 
you know, it's a new team um, playing different defensive concept this year, uh, more aggressive. So, um, so like you said, I think those are things that I'm not overly concerned about. They can figure it out. And, you know, if a team's going to shoot as well as Chicago did from the corners in the second half, like more power to them because the corner corner shot in the WNBA isn't what it is in the NBA. And that, you know, the, the WNBA line is the exact same in the corner as it is in the slot, as it is atop the key. So it's really more just where players are comfortable. And there aren't a whole lot of players that are most comfortable shooting from the corner. So, um, so I think they'll live with that and, um, at least in a game like that to live with it, but that's something that they'll probably want to clean up um, if they can here moving forward. Yeah, on the plus side, Robin Parks and Keanu Taylor, who's no longer on the team, did not score a single three-pointer yesterday. So that was good. Uh, um, no, I was just referencing there's a preseason game that they, their last preseason game on Saturday where those two killed the Lynx from perimeter. Yeah, yeah. And so neither either on the team were played yesterday. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, Jack? You talked about you know the overwhelming thing is figuring things out. Um, and one thing that that I, they are still trying to figure out is rotations. Um, you know, and that that's kind of the next thing that, that you had touched on in, in your recap at Kena Soup is that you know we we learned a little bit more about rotations, what what they're thinking for for rotations. What what were your impressions on maybe what happened, what didn't happen, what, you know, what players we did see play and, and maybe the ones that we didn't, didn't really see play all that much. I think the only two real takeaways that I had were that Dorka played twice as much as Milic did. Um, and, and that was because um, Nina was out of position quite a lot on the offensive end. Like she just wasn't coming up to set screens. And that's why you saw a lot of early turnovers in that second quarter. And when she did, she wasn't really releasing very quickly. She wasn't making herself available, um, you know, in that, in that pocket for, for Rachel. Um, and, and she, and she, you know, didn't do much of anything on the glass, um, and, and wasn't really a factor offensively. And the whole thing with Nina is like, if she's not going to be able to score and pick and roll and she's not going to be able to you know, to be that kind of all offense, um, you know, four or five when she's out there, then she's not really giving you a whole lot um, in addition to that. So it's just kind of a situation where it's like, all right, if it's not a Nina game, she just might not play all that much. Um, but the nice thing is that when it is a Nina game, she's she's a really impactful player on the offensive end. So so that was my first takeaway. And the other one really was just AP only playing five minutes. Um know Cheryl she was the first player that Cheryl called to off the bench um after after Tiffany Mitchell um and she came in I think I want to say she came in at the same time um as Nina did um but um yeah man it looked rough out there oh for three um she did have a really nice chase down block and transition that was that was good to see but um yeah just didn't look very sure of herself out there um and um you know, if, if someone that making that much money is only playing five minutes, um, just brings up the natural, natural question of how long is AP going to be here? Um, she's in the last year of her contract. It's, it's probably a, a contract that's easier to move now that it's in the, you know, now that it's in, um, in the final year. Um, but also too, you wonder, is it a situation where if she wants a chance to be able to play, um, and she's not going to play a whole lot here because it looked like Bridget Carlton got all the backup wing minutes in the second half. Like she wants to play. I'm not sold that that will happen here. Um, if she's going to continue to play at this level. I, I do think that, you know, a lot of people not to kind of, not to kind of get off of, get off of the, the, I don't know, the, what you're talking about or get off the topic, but 
you know, a lot of people ask about, about Taylor soul. They, they want, how are we going to get Taylor soul back here? And that's the way that it, it will be not necessarily, you know, moving, you know, AP, it could be, you know, any other player, you know, maybe moving them or, or, you know, uh, what the WNBA likes to call divorce or trading them or whatever it may be. That's what I think is, is ultimately going to take to, to get her back. That's really the only Avenue to do that. And, and I, you know, I, I mean, or you could, or you could, um, you know, if you wanted to swap out the replacement contract, like if you feel confident enough right. in, in Bantam and Mitchell to run point guard, um, mm-hmm. in, and you don't need a, a, you know, someone like Lindsay Allen potentially. Um, you know, I think that was a name too that that some fans um, may have wanted to see Soul on the on the roster instead of. Um, you know, especially consider or or maybe see them waive Allen and assign Soul to that contract, and then you know maybe if you need then to to bring back Allen, it would maybe you'd have less competition. Um, uh, on the open marker on the waiver waiver side for for Allen uh, as opposed to Soul, but um, what it's it's three o'clock here Central Time on Saturday, and and Taylor Soul still has not been claimed yet. Um, and Taylor Soul was was at the game last night, um, and Demir Stantis was as well. Um, but again, like it's pretty rare for a player that gets uh, that gets cut or waived to show back up at the at the game the next day, I, I think a lot of players, if it was um, a situation where they didn't feel confident they were going to come back, um, I think they would either get out of Dodge or just not show up. Um, and, and I think for Demiris, like, I don't know that Demiris will be back. I, you know, I, I doubt it, but, um, but, I, but I think it's also worth mentioning too, that, you know, Didi's been here for a long time. And, and I think that's a little bit of a different, situation with dd being there versus someone like soul being there um so yeah that's just that's just something that that i'm i'm keeping my eye on for sure i i do think that you know what when you the the intriguing part that that you had talked about was was the lindsey allen part to me um i could see and now this is just me me thinking as as you were talking i could see them you know with the uncertainty at the point guard position wanting to have lindsey allen there for the meantime to fill in that spot. And then let's say, okay, Tiffany Mitchell starts to get her, 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 you know, her feet wet and she, she starts to get comfortable in that role. Then maybe you swap out, you know, Tiffany Allen for, for a Taylor soul or, or kind of, you know, Lindsay at that Allen. Time. you said Tiffany Allen. Uh, or Lindsay, Lin- Lindsay Allen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when Tiffany Mitchell gets, gets comfortable in, in, you know, in the point guard position, then, then waving Lindsay Allen and, and, you know, kind of adding Taylor soul into that spot. I, I could see that happening now. I don't know if that will or not, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's a, you know, an intriguing option, I think. And when you, you're talking about, you know, them being at the game, it's, it's different too when, you know, being with the team after you get waived and being at a game is a little different because you you know, you know, when you're at a game, you know that people are going to notice who that player is. You know that they they're going to be talking about, oh, why is Taylor Soul here? Why is Demir Stantis here? Like you, if you wanted them to just fly under the radar and not, you know, not have people know that they're at the game, they're not going to come out and sit, you know, by the team, or they're not going to be out there with the yeah, team. And, and Taylor Soul was sitting in like the fourth row, pretty like right next to where, um, like the team social, um employees sit um where um like the pr people sit 
Um, but Demiris Dantes was like 15 rows up in the crowd. Um, and that's why I didn't see Demiris right away. Um, I saw a fan. I, um, I don't know who it was on Twitter pointed it out to me, but, but yeah, like that, I didn't see Demiris until like the fourth quarter. Um, but soul was like there on her own, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Leo, were you surprised that, that she didn't make the team? Yeah, yeah. If anyone watched any of the preseason games, I mean, or, or read a recap about the game, I mean, you would know that she's one of the most impactful players on the court. I mean, freaking Reeve compared her to like a Rebecca Brunson type vibe. You know, and, and when you're comparing that to a Hall of Famer, I mean, you would assume that that player has a pretty great chance of making the team. And so, you know, it's 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 tough, but there's almost this weird kind of like everyone's like waiting for that second shoe to drop, you know, like, all right, well, well what's really going to happen now? And so, yeah, of course, I was surprised, you know, uh, quite a bit disappointed as well, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at some of these other players that, again, you, it's only been one game, you know, some players have bad games, some players have good games. But, um, you know, you just look at some of the other, you know, pieces that we have on the roster currently and to think like, would you want that over, you know, Taylor Soul and what she brings? It's hard to justify. It's hard to justify. I agree. Especially this year, too. I mean, it, it'd be different if it was like maybe last year when they're they're trying to make a push like we talked about for Sylvia Fowles and, and kind of putting a strong team around her. Like at that point, you're you're taking all the, you know, the proven players that you can get where maybe now they're that, you know, maybe Cheryl and, and Claire and, and the rest of the front office, maybe they want to take a Taylor soul to just see what she could, you know, do for an entire season. And if it doesn't work out, then you move on. Um, but, you know, it they're in a spot where they, they can, like I've talked about, you know, a few other times, they can just sit back and take inventory and kind of analyze everything. And that's a, a good spot to be at at this point in the in the franchise and just kind of evaluating things where they want to go and and who they're going to build around. And I, I think that that's that's all that's all important stuff. Um, you know, when when it comes to looking forward, I mean, they you know, at, when this podcast um, drops, it'll be be game day when when the Lynx are, are hosting Atlanta. I think that that's obviously a very winnable game for the Lynx. Um, and then, you know, Minnesota goes on the road for for a pair of tough games. Um, they have, you know, a, a road game on on the on May 25th, Thursday, May 25th against Phoenix. Um, of course, the lovely nine o'clock central time games. And then uh, Leo likes it. Leo, I, I think Leo, Leo likes those those nine o'clock games. It's what, seven o'clock where, where you're at. Um, but yeah, the, that that'll be on Thursday. And then, um, you know, next Sunday they play they play at Las Vegas. I um, mean, that that'll be a tough game um, to play, you know, hit the road and, and go to Vegas to try and try and take down the one of the title favorites. And and then they stay on the road. I mean, they they have you know, this three game this three game road trip that that'll end with Dallas on May 30th like that. That's a tough, tough road road stretch at, at the beginning of the year for a young team. Um, Dallas, I think, you know, is is a solid team and they they could make maybe make a little push this year. But um, yeah, but I mean, you also. Games. I mean, you also think about like, you know, their their first round draft pick um, is going to be out for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Diamond to Shields is going to be out for most of the season. Yep. And Tierra McCowan got hurt today. She hurt her knee today. So, um, I mean, those are those are three pretty important players um, that that are all battling knee injuries. And it's not like they have a whole lot else besides, you know, I mean, you've got. 
<laughs> you've got Arike, you've got Satu, and you've got um, you've got Natasha Howard. So, um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it could be tough sledding for them if if those are all significant injuries. It'll be interesting to see what they do against um, in Leo. If you want to want to pitch in or uh, chime in on this, what they do against Phoenix and uh, Las Vegas, because as we all know, you know Phoenix has Brittany Griner, Las Vegas has you know Candace Parker. Now they have Asia Wilson. Like they, those are two bigger teams, and it'll be interesting to see what the Lynx do against that because they don't have a Sylvia Fowles to match up with them anymore. They don't have that big center to 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 kind of you know counter those other pieces. So. It'll, what Leo? What do you think we'll we'll see from from those two games and in just kind of what we might expect against a team that has a traditional big? Yeah, I think there's obviously not going to be a single player or rotation that's going to, be able to counteract you know either of those teams' front court, especially their starting front court. And so I think the Lynx are for sure going to have to shoot better than six for twenty four from perimeter against those teams. You know, there's going they're going to have to punish them by you know if you're going to be big, then you know we're going to go small. And I don't say go small but they're gonna have to be able to you know have those perimeter or those um pain players have to you know defend in space you know i mean that's the point of a five out offense is like all right you know we're not gonna let you just park down there and and you know stand in the dunker spot extra sylvia fouls all the time like y'all gotta work you're gonna have to move and so you know i think that ball movement that they didn't really have that they didn't do consistently in game one um and that perimeter shootings have to come around like Rachel Bantam cannot be 0 for 4 from three Kayla McBride's have to do better than two for eight you know there's gonna be players that are gonna have to you know show up and have to shoot and punish from perimeter um you know they're not going to be able to score and fee's not gonna be able to bully them inside like you know she did against the sky so um you know it expectations you know in mind um I'm hoping that the links come in there it's gonna have to be a you know it's cliche but full team effort you know the guards are going to have to help rebound. You know, they're going to have to crash. We can't just have people leaking out, trying to get out. Um, you know, it's it's going to have to be secure, play possession by possession, and, you know, you shoot the ball well, move the ball, and that's what I'm hoping to see. I think the overwhelming theme of of this season, this team, is maybe don't don't expect a lot right away. I, I you know, it, it's going to take some time. Don't, don't jump to conclusions right away if they go – let's say they go 0 and 3 right away or something like that or maybe they're 1 and 5 through you know 6 games or 1 and 4 through 5 games like it, it, things can turn around it you know just kind of kind of pump the brakes a little bit don't go too high or don't go too low I, um you know that 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 might be i think the theme of this year is if we're going to we're going to kind of ride those waves of the lows and the highs and um you you go through that with a young team you go through that with a team in transition and and kind of you know realigning itself and and that's that's the reality minnesota faces themselves in and if if it does end up going wrong or going you know south early and often and throughout the year like we talked about earlier still gonna have a pretty good uh, draft class next year so <laughs> it's a good problem to have if that is the if that is the quote-unquote disappointment you deal with at the end of the year but we'll see it'll be interesting and i know uh i i'm I'm just happy basketball's back. I'm happy we have games back and um, I'm excited for what we can do this year. I, I think not only not, not even talking about the links, but with the, the Canis Hoopas team and, and everything that we can, we can do uh, coverage wise and, and everything that we have done. It's been, been good stuff. And um, for anybody that, that is, is looking to um, not only read the stuff that we talked about in this podcast, whether it be a round table or, or um, you know, recaps or previews or, feature stories, whatever it may be, everything under the sun, um, you can check out canishoopas.com. 
and you can find all of our work. There's, like I said, there's been a lot of good stuff. I'm lucky to work along these two guys and, and the rest of the rest of the Canis crew. And um, there'll definitely be more to come and, and a lot of, a lot of talented writers on, on the staff. And um, I'm just lucky to be a part of it. So um, Jack and Leo, I want to thank you again for, for joining. Um, had a great discussion. And if you guys could uh, one last time, if you want to just plug your, your socials and, and where people can find you. Yeah, you can find me. Thank you. So uh, find me on Twitter at YoLeo, so that's Y-0-L-E-O, uh, for some mediocre content. Yeah, you can find me at J-R-B-O-R-M-A-N-13. Um, the Canis account is also one of my burner accounts, so... Um, so I also I also rip some tweets off from there from from time to time, but but don't tell anyone. So, well, cool. Well, thank you guys again. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll have to do this again soon. Maybe once the the season kind of progresses a little bit more, we'll 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 have a a, a Canis Roundtable Part Two on the podcast. How about that? Let's do it. All right. Sounds well, great to me, man. I appreciate you having us. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you to both Jack and Leo for joining this week. It was a great group discussion with the guys, getting them together um, to talk about all things Lynx basketball now that the season is in full swing and underway. Um, as always, you can you can find all of our work on social media, as I mentioned in the podcast, um, or you can check us out at canishoopus.com. Um, more to come this season. There's been plenty of good work there already, and and definitely more to come um, as the as the summer progresses. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast as he does every week. If you do enjoy listening to this podcast and you'd like to show your support of Hitting the Hardwood, um, please visit patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood to receive exclusive perks and much more as part of our Patreon community. Uh, The latest uh, Patreon exclusive offering um, is a giveaway that I have um, going on through Homage, um, one of our partners who I will get to in a bit. Um, but our Patreons, whoever join our Patreon page, they get um, included into a drawing, a random drawing for um, a pair of a pair of shirts from from um, Homage, um, a Lynx T-shirt which I love, I enjoy, um, I, I have it right now, and I'm um, it's one of my favorite shirts. It's it's a great shirt that that you can get for free, um, and then you can also get any other shirt from Homage of your choosing. So it's it's a great promotion going on. Um, so you can check us out on on social media, hitting hardwood. Um, or you can check me out at M underscore Hanson 13. And, and once again, that's M underscore Hanson 13, H-A-N-S-E-N. So make sure to check us out um, on social media and, and get yourself included into that drawing. A lot of, a lot of great stuff um, so far this year and, and plenty more to come. Um, when it comes to our partners, I want to give a shout out to Homage and Better Edge, um, two of our partners this year. Um, that, that we have so far at, at Hitting the Hardwood. If, if you or uh, you know of somebody that is interested in, in partnering with Hitting the Hardwood, um, please feel free to, to have them reach out to, to myself on social media, or you can email hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. I'm always willing to chat and look into, into different opportunities, and, and we're, we're all about growing the game. So any, any chance we can partner with somebody, um, to be able to do that, that is a, a, a definitely a thing we want to do. Um, thankful for for homage and better edge right now that um, you know our, our supporters of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast. You can make sure you can get all of the um, you know the latest the the great clothing, vintage clothing item items, um, you know Lynx clothing items, WNBA items, um, anything you can really want. Homage has on their website, um, so make sure you go check them out at homage.com. That's H O M A G E dot com. 
Um, you can find um, two special links um, on our Hitting the Hardwood social media channel or platform. Um, through those links, if you purchase something on um, Homage's website, it comes back to support Hitting the Hardwoods. So we appreciate any chance you, um, you or if you, if you are able to do that. Um, when it comes to Better Edge, I I, I just started. Um, I, well, I have in the past, but you know, with the start of the WNBA season. Um, being able to put uh, WNBA bets, um, you know, in, in on Better Edge um, has been a great thing. I've been doing some competitions, um, just doing some picks on my own. Um, so you can come join me and compete against me. You know, join in competitions, uh, battle against myself, other people in the community, other fans. Um, you can do that by visiting betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. If you go visit betteredge.com forward slash links and you use the promo code links, you get $20 in free play play as you sign up. So make sure you go check them out. A lot of a lot of really great stuff. And if you like betting as much as I do, um, you know, Better Edge is definitely the way to go. So thank you to both of them for for their partnership and their support of the podcast. And also thank you for your support of the podcast. Anytime that, that you listen to this podcast, um, you know, I, I definitely am appreciative for for everything that, that you guys do and, and for all the support that you show me throughout the year. Um, I, I truly enjoy what I do, and, and you guys are a big part of that, not only on social media, through this podcast, through every other avenue, uh, you know, whether it's myself or hitting the hardwood. Um, so I appreciate everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to, to do this on, on a daily basis. This is my eighth year covering the WNBA, and it, it never gets old, and, and you guys are a big part of that, and I, I really do appreciate it. So... Um, more to come this year. Um, you know, the, the season's just underway, but, but it'll be a good year and there'll be plenty more to come with this podcast through hitting the hardwood, all of my written content. Um, you can find me on social media, like I said, um, to find all of that latest information. So welcome back to the WNBA season, uh, more to come. I'm really excited with some guests we have coming up here in the next couple weeks. And thank you for listening this week and I will see you all next week. Three, two, one.